0: Typical plan, Rem House, from SMLXL 1998. Typical plan is an American invention. It is zero-degree architecture, architecture stripped of all traces of uniqueness and specificity. It belongs to the new world. The notion of the typical plan is therapeutic. It is the end of architectural history which is nothing but the hysterical fetishization of the atypical plan. Typical plan is a segment of an unacknowledged utopia, the promise of a post-architectural future. Just as the man without qualities haunts European literature, the plan without qualities is the great quest of American building. From the late 19th century to the early 1970s, there is an American century in which typical plan is developed from the primitive loft type, ruthless creation of floor space through the sheer multiplication of a given site, via early masterpieces of smooth space like the RCA building, 1933 its escalators, its elevators, the zen like serenity of its office suites, to provisional culminations such as the Exxon Building nineteen seventy one and World Trade Centre seventy two to seventy three. Together they represent evidence of the discovery and subsequent mastery of a new architecture, often proclaimed but never realized at the scale of typical plan. The ambition of Typical Plan is to create new territories for the smooth unfolding of new processes, in this case, ideal accommodation for business. But what is business? Supposedly the most circumscribed program, it is actually the most formless. Business makes no demands. The architects of Typical Plan understood the secret of business. The office building represents the first totally abstract program. It does not demand a particular architecture. Its only function is to let its occupants exist. Business can invade any architecture. Out of this indeterminacy, typical plan generates character. Raymond Hood, one of its inventors, defined the typical plan with tautological bravura. The plan is of primary importance because on the floor are performed all the activities of the human occupants. Typical plan provides the multiple platforms of 20th century democracy. Typical plan is an architecture of the rectangle. Any other shape makes it atypical, even the square. It is the product of a new world where sites are made, not found. At its best it acquires a platonic neutrality. It represents the point where pragmatism through sheer rationality and efficiency assumes almost an almost mystical status. Typical plan is minimalism for the masses, already latent in the first brutally utilitarian explorations. By the end of the era of typical plan, i.e. the 60s, the utilitarian is refined as a sensuous science of coordination. Column grids, facade modules, ceiling tiles, lighting fixtures, partitions, electrical outlets, flooring, furniture, colour schemes, air conditioning grills that transcends the practical to emerge in a rarefied existential domain of pure objectivity. You can only be in typical plan, not sleep, eat, make love. Typical plan is deep. It evolved beyond the naive humanist assumption that contact with the exterior, so called reality, is a necessary condition for human happiness, for survival. If that is true, why build at all? And anyway, aren't the disadvantages of the exterior, ozone depleted, carbon charge globally heated, by now well established? Air conditioning, which is a synchronon of typical plan, imposes a regime of sharing air that defines invisible communities, homogenous segments of an airborne collective aligned in more powerful holes like the iron molecules that form a magnetic field. Heroically, typical plan delivers a world laundered of ego. Typical plan is Western. There is no equivalent in any other culture. It is the stamp of modernity itself. In the ever-increasing dimension from skin to core, the hidden potential of depth, it proclaims the superiority of the artificial to the real which remains, whether admitted or not. The true credo of Western civilization, the source of its universal attraction. Typical plan knows what European architecture will never learn: that modular coordination is at most postponed failure, a temporary rollback of the frontiers of chaos. Typical plan is gridded, not in the absolute clumsy manner of Europe and platonics, a moralistic system to measure misfit and thus create unhappiness. But on the contrary, through the development of anti-ideological devices, a metaphysics of slack that gives an aura of crispness to even the most severely conflicted geometrical coexistences, bestowing the appearance of modular conquest on the essentially messy, reasserting orthogonality from the most compromised givens. Typical plan is neutral, not anonymous. It is a place of worship. More austere than the Cistercian monastery, it accommodates infinitely greater numbers, a 20th century church without doctrine. Although the dominant emphasis of typical Cool plan is on abstraction, there is plumbing. It doesn't deny those residual features that make humans animals still. Ingenious architectural arrangements of miniature, very understandable labyrinths organize the traffic between the exalted and the impure zones of typical plan. These spaces, restrooms, urinals, pantries, service stairs, trucking bays, are the sanctuaries for all those primitive aspects upon whose exclusion the correct unfolding of business depends. Typical plan is to the office population what graph paper is to a mathematical curve. Its neutrality records performance, event, flow, change, accumulation, deduction, disappearance, mutation, Fluctuation, failure, oscillation, deformation. Typical plan is relentlessly enabling, ennobling background. Typical plan implies repetition. It is the nth plan. To be typical, there must be many, and indeterminacy. To be typical, it must be sufficiently undefined. It presumes the presence of many others, but at the same time suggests that the, their exact number is of no importance. Typical plan times n equals a building, hardly a reason to study architecture. Floors strung together by elevators of incomprehensible smoothness, each discrete ting of arrival part of a never ending addition. Typical plan threatens the myth of the architect as demiurge, a source of unlimited supplies of uniqueness. As in the scene of a crime, the removal of all obvious signs of the perpetrator characterises the true typical plan. Its authors form an avant-garde of architects as erasers. Its unsung designers, Bunshaft, Harrison and Abramovitz, Emery Roth, represent vanishing acts so successful that they are now completely forgotten. These architects were able to create aleatory playgrounds, interior Elysian fields accessible in anyone's lifetime, i.e. perfection in quantities, Trillions of acres that have become, 25 years later, literally unimaginable. Securely entrenched in the domain of philistinism, Typical Plan actually has hidden affinities with other arts. The positioning of its cause on the floor has a supremacist tension. It is the equivalent of atonal music, seriality, concrete poetry, art brute. It is architecture as mantra. Typical plan is as empty as possible. A floor, a core, a perimeter and a minimum of columns. All other architecture is about inclusion and accommodation, incident and event. Typical plan is about exclusion, evacuation, non-event. Architecture is monstrous in the way in which each choice leads to the reduction of possibility. It implies a regime of either-or decisions, often claustrophobic even for the architect. All other architecture preempts the future. Typical plan, by making no choices, postpones it, keeps it open forever. The cumulative effect of all this vacancy, this systemic lack of commitment, is paradoxically density the typical american downtown is a brute accumulation of typical plans a massif of indetermination hollowness as core could the office building be the most radical typology a type a a kind of reverse type defined by all the quantity qualities it does not have as the major new program of the modern age its effect is one of deprogramming Typical plan is the initial mutation in a chain that has revolutionised the urban condition. Concentrations of typical plan have produced a skyscraper, unstable monolith, accumulations of skyscrapers, the only new urban condition downtown, defined by sheer quantity rather than as a specific formal configuration. The center is no longer unique but universal, no longer a place but a condition. Practically immune to local variation, typical plan has made the city unrecognizable, an unidentifiable object. Typical plan is a quantum leap that provokes a conceptual leap, an absence of content in quantities that overwhelm or simply preempt intellectual speculation. What insecurity triggered the crisis of typical plan? Where did the rot start? Was it its very apotheosis apotheosis that turned neutrality into anonymity? Did the plan without qualities create men without qualities? Was the space of typical plan the incubator of the man in the grey flannel suit? Suddenly the graph blamed the graph paper for its lack of character. It was as if typical plan created the castrated white-collar caricature, suppressed family photos, frowned on the fern, resisted the personal debris that now, 20 years later, makes most offices ghastly repositories of individual trophies packed with the alarming assertions of millions of individual mini-ecologies. An environment that demanded nothing and gave everything was suddenly seen as an infernal machine for stripping identity. Nietzsche lost out to Sociology 101. In Europe, there are no typical plans. In the 20s, European architects fantasize about offices. In 1921, Mies imagined the ultimate atypical plan in Friedrichstrasse in 1929. Uh, In 1929, Ivan Leonidov proposed the first office slab for Moscow, a house of industry. Its rectangles were conceived as socialist typical plans. A parallel zone reintroduced the full paraphernalia of daily life pools, tanning beds, club-like arrangements, small dormitories, to create a compressed 24-hour cycle, not of business life, but of life business. In 1970, Archezoom interpreted Typical Plan as the terminal condition of Western civilization, a utopia of the norm. Since then, the one really new architectural subject this century has introduced has been endlessly denigrated in the name of ideology, its occupants, slaves, its environment, faceless, its accumulations, ugly. Europe has suffered from a catastrophic failure to accommodate, to think, the one typology whose emergence was architecturally and urbanistically irresistible. Typical plan has been forced underground, condemned to the status of parasite, devouring larger and larger sections of historical substance, invading whole centres or exiled to the periphery. For officers, Europe multiplies a plan known since the Renaissance, a corridor with rooms on both sides. Is there a connection between the notorious absenteeism of the Western European office population and its sacred cow the private cell? The European office is thin, as thin as its more historic substance. The European needs daylight and air, even though a simple extrapolation of the square metres involved reveals that this will destroy the very decor that reassures him of his historical status. Where the American office assembles a critical mass, the European office dismantles it, simply because the things that happen in, a, in the, an office are supposed to be bad. We lack our badness in small doses. There is something almost insane and masochistic about the quantity of utterly inferior substance that is generated in the old world in the name of identity, even. Morgan Bank is an attempt at a typical plan in Europe. It is a loft building, a block of typical plans, because it is a projected it is projected in Amsterdam and with' Belaga's famous extension, within Belaga's famous extension, a fragile composition of axes, coherences, coordinations, controls. It undergoes a minimum of adaptation to perform a certain urbanist, to perform certain urbanistic duties. A negative corner of two high walls define an important Balaga plaza and the entrance. A slit that communicates as little as possible about the interior, a roof patio consolidates the not-office program, cafeteria, meeting rooms, etc. Otherwise, the building is simply abstract office space. Its dimensions chosen to enable a maximum of permutations, introducing in Holland unusual and ultimately unwelcome depth. The raised floor distributes homogenous conditions of services across the entire surface. Columns give minimal interference. The single feature is a glass staircase that connects all floors. Since the project is in Europe, a height limit was imposed. The proportion typical slash atypical plan is itself atypical. A typically European 50-50 split.